May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, church. It is so great to be back here with you all. I missed you something terrible. And as I said to the choir, I was in some pretty lovely places over the past few weeks, but no music like this. This is really special. So today's homecoming Sunday, we mark the beginning of our program year, and I'm just so excited about all that we have in store and seeing all of your lovely smiling faces. And when I looked at the scripture for today, it's all about sin. (laughs) And I tried my very best to avoid it, but this, my friends, is a sermon about sin. Here we go. So what kind of sinner are you anyway? We have some great examples in today's readings. In the Exodus story, we learn that the Israelites, getting impatient for Moses to come back down, decide to to form a golden calf and to worship that. So they were idol worshippers. Are you an idol worshiper? That's a kind of sin. Then we get to the wonderful Psalm 51, which if you're paying attention and you're a good Episcopalian, you know that we always read that psalm together on Good Friday. On Good Friday. So perhaps you have a seasonal and liturgical awareness of sin. The rest of the time, you pretty much walk around not thinking about it. Psalm 51 also raises another question about sin. Perhaps you're someone who beats yourself up all the time. All the time. The psalmist says, I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. I would argue that being that kind of sinner is a really painful way to live as well. And then we have the writer of 1 Timothy, probably not Paul himself, but somebody who understood how Paul thought very well, the earnest sinner. He's so earnest, right? I used to be a sinner, but now I know God's mercy, and he's making me an example for all of you. And I don't mean to make fun, it's a beautiful passage, but he is kind of earnest. So, perhaps you're an earnest sinner. And then when we get to the gospel, right at the beginning again, is sort of the key. We're told that now all the tax collectors, who's that? Those are the people that work for the government. Those are the people that have to have a job in order to feed their family. Right? All the tax collectors and sinners, what were they doing? They were coming near to listen to Jesus. And those Pharisees and scribes were grumbling. Well, who are they? Well, those are all the religious people. All of those people, people who listen to Jesus, they're sinners too. That's 
All of us. So I'm calling that the garden variety sinner. That's everybody. So whoever put the the liturgy together, the uh, lectionary together for this morning, was having some fun with us, I think. All four of these texts deal with sin in a different way. But actually, the first one and the last one are kind of comedic bookends. So stay with me. That wonderful reading from Exodus... When I read it this morning, I was thinking, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. Moses is up there talking to God. They're best friends, right? Moses and God are best friends. And God says, Moses, go down there. Go down there. Those people, your people, those people you brought out of Egypt, they're misbehaving. And I'm going to burn them up. And Moses, being the good kind of best friend that he was, he goes, well, actually, I think they're your people. I think you're the one who led them out of Egypt. And I think you're the one who promised Abraham and Isaac and Israel, and you made some pretty serious promises that don't involve burning everybody up. And so we're told that God changed his mind. Because sometimes when we're close to somebody and they just remind us that we're really going off the rails. If it's somebody we know and we trust and we love, we listen to them. So God listened to Moses in this case. But can't you see it as a Saturday Night Live sketch? It is kind of funny. And then we get to the gospel. So when Jesus says, which one of you, which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing just one, leaves the 99 of them in the wilderness and goes off to find the one that's lost? Really? Who does that? That's a terrible business model. Right? 99 sheep left alone in the wilderness? No self-respecting human shepherd would do that. Who does that? God does that. That's the joke at our expense. God does that. So you have to wonder when he was telling the story, what was the expression on his face? Like, of course you guys do this. And then the lady with the silver coins, maybe they were dimes. You sweep the house, you find that dime that dropped behind the dresser. And of course you call up your neighbors and your friends and you invite them over and you say, I found my lost coin. Come over and celebrate with me. I can only imagine that the people listening to this were thinking, this guy's crazy. This guy's really crazy. But that's the good news. That's why this is not just a sermon about sin. 
Because what Jesus tells us is when we wander off, as we do, consumed with our distractions and our work and our wanting things and just being bored with it all, whatever, God seeks us out and brings us back to a party, to a party. And we rejoice together. We rejoice together. We rejoice even with the angels in heaven are rejoicing. God does things that we don't do. So it turns out this is a homecoming Sunday sermon after all. Because today we enter a new year. And we have new opportunities to join in God's party. The Sunday party right here at God's table where this forgiveness and mercy and peace are poured out every week. God has also brought us some new people to our Trinity party. Hoping some of you have met Wesley, our new sexton. And Wilson and Lucy, who clean the church on Mondays to make Trinity sparkle for all our parties. And John Ashley, who will join us on Thursday as the Director of Operations and Communications. And Tammy Hobbs-Meraki, our intern for this year. You'll meet her at the announcements. But it's not a party, friends. It's not a party if you're not here, too. So I'm asking you to make a commitment to one another, to come to the party regularly. It's really not the same when you're not here. And because it's such an amazing party, invite your friends, bring your family, so they can join in too. And I'll make you a promise. I'll make you a promise that at this party this year, We're going to study and pray, and there will be fellowship and laughter and tears, and there will be sin, and there will be forgiveness, there will be love and hope. It's all here. So how will you join in the party? What joy will you bring to share with one another? Let us begin again together sharing in God's promise of this love for all. Amen.